0: Five, six,
1: 5 4 three, two, one, zero. all engines running commit Flip off Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. And if you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 844 777 7928. That's 1 844 777 SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at dot
2: That's ask ask at dot Well, what do you know? Well, it is. November 1st, yeah, election month, 2022. Um, I don't know that that's going to make a big deal, but it could be, uh, next week. Right. Mm-hmm. Although there's a lot of people voting early. I don't know if you've seen uh, all the line. People are voting early, a lot of places. And, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm just kind of ready for, of course, I, I say I'm ready for, um, for the ads to stop on my phone and my emails mm-hmm. and uh my TV, but I think they're just gonna keep on, right? Because two years soon as this is over, it's gonna be the presidential election and then you know the other people that'll be up and uh I just don't think it's gonna stop. I don't I don't I I don't see any unification coming oh. anytime soon. Yeah, no. uh, uh, but um anyway, I, I don't know. Do you know who Winsome Sears is? up mm-hmm. in um virginia she's lieutenant governor really really sharp um anyway uh they were, she was interviewed the other day or they were talking about uh do, have you heard about this uh pandemic amnesty have you heard oh, about that uh-huh, yeah do you know what it is yeah
1: oh I, um a doctor wrote an article i think in the atlantic uh although now you got to fact check me on which uh <laughs> what what it who they wrote this for but she said that you know oh we didn't know what was going on so we should have grace and and compassion on those who double massed their kids and did all these things um, because we just didn't have the the data to back it up
2: Uh uh-huh so now they're they're saying now now everybody all this people who were making these terrible decisions that affected the kids and everything Mm. else are asking and she's saying no we're not going to forget that because these people knew what they were doing. Yep. They very much uh, knew what they were doing. And uh, anyway. The uh, data was out
1: quick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It,
2: it came out. And you remember when we had Dr. Lee Maradon, uh gosh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, she called everything that was happening, said what was going to happen. It did. People said she was crazy, said we were crazy. Other people were crazy. And, um, you know. Even to this day, I remember having Byron Bridal on, the guy from the the epidemiologist Mm -hmm. from Canada, who said, I've conducted tests, I've had five masks on, and the droplets still get through. I mean, like, you know, I can prove that the masks do not, but yet you still see a lot of people wearing the mask.
1: And, you know, the interesting thing about this article, too, it wasn't saying we we got this wrong, we are so sorry, like, this caused irrevocable harm you know, please forgive us. It was like, well, you know, we didn't know any better. So just let it go. You know, when people, I mean, with the shutdowns and stuff, people died because of uh, the inability to um, connect with others when they were in tough situations, you know, like alcoholics and and people who were recovering from uh, narcotics uh, addictions. You know, they ended up, people ended up overdosing, and the amount of deaths that were, quote-unquote, saved, if there was any, Mm-hmm. Um, by shutting down and by these pandemic procedures were com- are completely offset by the number of people who died from uh you know stuff like uh, um, uh suicide and, and overdoses and things like that you know what i mean and then now with the the shots who people who've got that and the, the number of unexplained deaths that are on the rise like this, um, among young people yes.
2: like not not we're not talking uh, older people we're talking young people athletes Mm -hmm. Uh, people in their thirties and forties, uh, having heart conditions or Mm -hmm. many strokes, uh, all kinds of stuff. But what cracks me up is still the mask thing that when the mask have been, but I I can remember when we were initially talking about masks, and they said, no, we'll never be forced to wear masks back early on. Mm -hmm. And, and they showed pictures of China and other places over there where people wear masks all the time. Mm-hmm. And now you can't, even in Florida, you can't go almost a day without seeing at <laughs> least one person wearing a mask, yeah. which is just crazy to me because, you know, the human body is an amazing thing. Um, it, it, God gave us this unbelievable immune system. That um, when it gets coronavirus, which coronavirus has been around for a long time. In fact, if you look on Clorox, go back and find a a Clorox white from maybe five years ago. It'll say effective against coronavirus because that's the cold, right? The coronavirus was just a carrier for COVID and uh, all uh, that stuff. But I I think we're going to look years from now, back on this, when we get away from it, the longer we get more and more people, we're already seeing people start to talk about it, mm-hmm. who were in the middle of it now going, man, we were wrong, just like these people are trying to alibi. And people are going to say this was the biggest health failure of our country's history is the way we responded to COVID-19. They, they could have treated a lot of people. A lot of people died needlessly uh, because of politics Mm-hmm. Uh, and pride and, uh, people who refuse to look at treatment options because somebody with orange hair said it was okay, you know, or, uh, or affirmed it. And, uh, it's just really sad. You know, I was reading in the news, Taylor about, I don't know if you saw where over in, uh, Korea, they had this big, oh. uh, it, it was a big social event on the streets of Seoul, and this is an exported thing from this country because really prior to maybe a few years ago, they didn't even celebrate Halloween over there. Mm. They didn't. That, that that was not a part of the Korean culture. Right. That's something we exported through our entertainment and media and all this stuff. And, and now uh, 150 people died, 130 injured because of this trampling street party this this crazy uh imagine if you were in a big city and a hundred thousand people decide to go down the streets i mean that's going to be chaos
1: well and i think it was triggered by seeing a celebrity right and so people were rushing to try to get to the celebrity yeah
2: Yeah, i mean yeah they they rushed to get to him. and you know mobs are interesting things when you see big crowds like I remember there was a social experiment one time in New York City where I think it was a sociology professor or something took a group of students out and they stood on a street corner and they just started looking up at the sky and they wanted to see how many people would join in and pretty soon there was a crowd of people looking up. Nobody ever asked what they were looking at. Mm -hmm. They were just looking up because everybody else was looking up. And the influence of the masses, we are so... Uh, led by people and, and instead of really being discerning thinkers, uh, that, that, that's bowled over into ideology and everything else. But this, it was tragic. Uh, we need to pray for those families. I think there were two Americans killed in that group. They were two, three. Co- three. Yeah. Three. I think they were over there visiting or whatever. And, uh, gosh, just a terrible way to die to be trampled to death. Mm-hmm. Um, But anyway, as, um, believers, you know, we, what, what do we do with that? Well, we take every situation that's out there and we try to help people understand that our world is broken. That just reveals the brokenness of our world, that people would so want to see a celebrity. They would trample over other people. Gosh, does that not show the selfishness Mm -hmm. of man? Um, And, um, I, I I just, I didn't know, I, I hadn't read a whole lot about that, except, uh, it just made the news and then kind of get, got pushed to the back a little bit by other things going on. Anything else going on out there? Oh, I was talking to a guy today who was telling me, uh, about electric cars, something that was not well known or has not been well publicized. Everybody's pushing for Teslas and all these electric cars. Well, down in Southwest Florida, when Mm -hmm. all this water came in they started having massive fires these Mm -hmm. batteries were exploding and it's not just a regular fire it's a different kind of fire because these batteries have what's called rare earth elements in them Mm -hmm. and there's toxic things that are going on and nobody even talks about it. i haven't heard anybody talking about it on the news have you uh, I did hear
1: about that when it happened. Um, I will say electric cars are, are tools of control in my mind. You can only go a few hundred miles, and then you got to charge it for however many hours. Like you know, the Great American Road Trip. Even if it's not already dead by inflation, will be dead by that. It's it's a mechanism um, to give some people high status, but also to keep them in a localized area. So. Well,
2: well, well uh, yeah. And think about this: even the cars that aren't electric are so computerized mm-hmm. now and controllable mm-hmm. that all. People have to do is get in touch with OnStar or some GPS tracking. Whoever the manufacturer is, they can disable your engine. Yeah. Anytime they want. I don't. We've just gotten so smart. My my wife and I we we bought a a a car, and she said I don't like the car being smarter than I am. (laughs) I don't want it trying to tell me or the car. You know redirect the car which they're doing now Mm -hmm. the car will actually override you if you're trying to do something because it says no i'm not going to let you do that i don't want a car to do that i know it's safety is what they say but still i just give me my old you know uh 69 mustang man (laughs) oh there you go (laughs) just just a good mechanical engine easy to work on and give me some gasoline and let's go
1: sounds good to me you're listening to SWAT radio stay tuned we'll be right back
0: We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls.
2: We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales. Service, Parts and Truck Rental and Leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia Truck Market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Why you ever chose me
1: has
0: always been a mystery All my life I've been told I
1: belong
2: at the end of the line, with all the other not quite, with all the never get it right,
3: but it turns out. The ones you
2: were looking for all this time that is I'm nobody by
1: casting crowns welcome back to SWAT radio SWAT stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and if you are just joining us this week we are looking at acts chapter 18 verses 1 through 11 yesterday we looked at verses um, 1 through 4 uh talking about uh, I was going to say Peter I don't know
2: why. No no talking about talk, ta- yeah, talking, talking about, about divine Paul. divine yeah. appointments yeah with the Priscilla and Aquila yep you remember them from Sunday school, or remember mm-hmm. them growing up hearing about Priscilla and Aquila? Yeah, never really connected how encouraging they were to Paul and uh, and teaching this and going through it is it, really a, amazing. They were they were such a divine appointment. They came from Rome. They were tent makers, and um, God connected them. And, and you know, this week we're looking at a Paul who's discouraged coming from Athens. Uh, he had he, this is his second missionary journey. And he left uh, from Thessalonica and Berea, went to Athens. And uh, when he came to Athens, he was by himself. He was so provoked by what he saw that he went into the synagogues and then he went into the marketplace to try to reach the people there. They took him to the Areopagus, which was like, you know, going to Harvard to have a debate with the top, uh, you know, atheist in the area or philosophers, and, uh, you know, by the way, uh, you know, Aristotle and uh, who else, uh, or some of the other, I'm trying to think of the, you know, Plato, Socrates, they were all from there. Mm-hmm. And so th- it was kind of the birthplace of, uh, my, you know, philosophy, Western philosophy. And so Paul was in there arguing, and uh, he ends up sharing the gospel, defending himself, um, and his beliefs in the resurrection and Jesus. And uh, one of the um, Areopagites, which is part of the party that oversaw everything, he was uh, Dionysius, trusted Christ and Damaris. And then, so Paul leaves, but I'm sure he's discouraged when he leaves because he doesn't. he leaves them there, but he doesn't leave anybody to really disciple them or to care for them. And that had to be heavy on his mind. And then he goes, he's going to Corinth. And he's going to this, remember, he said yesterday, this really immoral place. So immoral that they actually, the term Corinthianized, named after the city, meant somebody who was very, had been sexually immoralized. They had been sexually, uh, they were just, you know, come to a place of sexual immorality was their norm. And, it was a city of about 250,000 free men, about 400,000 slaves, over half a million people, 12 temples, and there were no standards there. Just like in Romans 1, everybody pretty much did what they want sexually. You know, it was just a perverse place, and not just sexually, just greed and everything else. Avarice was the order of the day. And so uh, Paul was discouraged when he came there and you read from first corinthians 2 where he said i was with you in weakness and fear and much trembling and so he's there and god encourages him we saw the first of four ways that god encouraged paul and he encourages us through these same ways today but specifically looking at how he encouraged paul he used divine appointments he brought priscilla and aquila into his life and that's how he does it for me and you he will bring people around us to encourage us in our walk. And uh, we, we made note in verse 2 of it saying that Paul found them. In other words, he was looking for them, not necessarily by name, just looking for somebody, and it was Priscilla and Aquila, just two people who just happened to be tent makers, uh, the same trade Paul was. And so Paul uh, was making tents with them, but on the Sabbath he was reasoning with them. And so this divine appointment, Uh, really encourage Paul. The second thing we'll see today is in verses five and six is God uses not only divine appointments, but divine affirmations. And and, uh, an affirmation is nothing more than God letting you know, you know what, I'm with you. Your work's not in vain. You're on the right track. Isn't that good when you feel that? I mean, like when you know a coach, like I know you played football, like, You're doing something, the coach goes, okay, good job, Taylor. You got it. That's exactly what I want. That just kind of makes you feel encouraged that, okay, I'm on the right track. I'm doing the right thing. Well, God brings affirmations into Paul's life in verses five and six, and I'm going to have you read those verses in a minute, and we're going to see that he encouraged Paul through a report from Timothy and through support that Timothy brought. The report was from the third church in Thessalonica. The uh, support was from the church in Philippi that they had sent to help uh, Paul there. And so I'm going to have you uh, read verses 5 and 6. Then we're going to um, look at each one of those and how God affirms what we're doing uh, in different ways today. But here he does it through Timothy's report and also through uh, that uh, support of the church at Philippi.
1: All right. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that the Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, your blood be on your heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles.
2: You said five and six. Yes, five and six. Yeah, that's it. And so we not only see this affirmation of Paul, but... We see Paul, again, occupied with a word. This is a theme throughout Acts. Paul is occupied, and that word there, occupied, literally means devoted to. And it's in the Greek original language. It is a passive tense, which, uh, to be honest, I was not a huge English guy, but (laughs) but I've learned— that when some when it's in the active it, it's the person kind of doing it, but when it's mm-hmm. passive, it's being done to them. Mm-hmm. So the Holy Spirit is actually the one who is devoting Paul to the word. Paul's just like a pen in the hand of a writer. And so often we forget that. We think we have to be the ones doing it. But but God affirms Paul in verses five and six. And I just want to go by it says when Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, where was Macedonia? Well, that's where Thessalonica and Berea were. That's where they were. Paul had left them there to um, to do discipleship and to help grow the leaders of that church. And why is that important? Well, it's important because we're not just called to make converts. God doesn't say, hey, go into all the world and make converts. He says, go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded. And if we're going to do that, it means follow-up. It means spending time with people. You don't just do what I call hit-and-run evangelism. Give them the gospel. Okay, I'm out of here. Okay, can God use that? He can. But the pattern that we see in Paul's life and even the apostles is, to go in, give the word, spend time, leave leaders there, encouraging the leaders. And so here we see him bringing uh, Silas and Timothy to come, and it says, um, while Paul was occupied with the word word testifying to the Jews that the Messiah was Jesus, um, and it says they opposed and reviled him. Before we get to the opposed and reviled, you know, what's better than meeting new friends like, uh, Aquila and Priscilla is seeing old friends, mm. people who you've sweated with people who you've worked with. And you go, "Wow!" it's like when you see an old teammate, right? The guy you hadn't seen in a long time that you played with and you go, wow, how's it going? You, you just have that connection. And, uh, that's exactly what he felt when he saw Silas and Timothy. And it says they brought an encouraging word. Now. You don't see that in this text, but you know where you do see it? Over in 1 Thessalonians. Where was he? They were in Thessalonica. So go to 1 Thessalonians 3 and read verses 6 and 7. All
1: right. Let me get there. that's embarrassing oh there we go all right but now that timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you for this reason brothers in all our distress and affliction we have been comforted by your by you through your your
2: faith so who is paul writing this letter to
1: the Thessalonians.
2: Yeah, he's writing to the Thessalonians, and he's saying, when Timothy bought me word of what? Well, Timothy came to him when he was in Corinth and brought him word of, and he said, the fact that you were growing in the faith brought me encouragement. Even though I was being afflicted, I realized, but because you got to go back to Thessalonians, or to the Thessalonian church. When Paul went there, remember how it said that Paul had to persuade them. They weren't like the Bereans. Mm. They were hard. They, they were not easily persuaded. It says he had to work at it. So when he left there, he was probably wondering, are these guys the real deal? Are they going to stay with it? Are they going to follow every false teacher that comes along? Uh, Is it really going to be, Uh, good soil here's are they going to be stony ground they're going to be weedy you know thorny soil and so Timothy brings him word that no these guys are the real deal and they're growing and uh, you see in the letter to the Thessalonians this is why it's so important folks if you're listening out there that when you read the Bible you don't just focus in on one you know part of it because when you're reading in Acts, you got to understand, Acts is the unfolding of how the gospel went from Jerusalem to Rome, and it went through cities like Thessalonica, Philippi, uh, Galatia, and um, uh, you know Athens, and eventually got to Rome. Well, guess what? If you look further in the Bible, in the New Testament, after Acts, first one after that is Romans. You get some insight there. We're going to get some insight there this week at SWAT. Next week um, on the radio, um, and then uh, the, um, the the uh, letter to the Thessalonians. Two of them, two different letters. You, you Paul, we just read about him being in Thessalonica, and now we go to Thessalonians and we see it, it that has some correlation to what's happening here so it's really important to read the bible as a whole to get context and understanding we don't always do that but the thing to take away is god affirmed paul through the message he brought from timothy and silas about the thessalonians and when we come back we're going to look at another affirmation he brought uh, when we come back from the break All right, we'll be back with more after the news. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter
1: at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. We'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as the Meridian Mississippi listening on WMER and WMOX. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
3: Sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now, I'm losing bad. I stood on this stage.
1: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Even If by Mercy Me. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. This week we are just been focusing on uh, verses 5 and 6, talking about Paul being encouraged <coughs> by the... Uh, coming of Silas and Timothy while he was in Corinth. So if you missed that and would like to go back and listen, you can go to www.swatradio.com. Again, www.swatradio.com. Click on the past programs link there. You'll be able to find our full catalog of programs, including this one in just about an hour or so. Also, you can go to uh, anywhere that you listen to podcasts and search SWAT
2: radio. Hey, uh, in verse five, uh, when it says, Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia. You know, when Luke writes that again, without going to the passage in Thessalonians, you wouldn't get the encouragement that, that we would see from getting the big picture of everything. And that's why I wanted to bring that out is because the report from Timothy about the Thessalonians would have been very encouraging to Paul because remember what Paul, what did Paul say when he came into Corinth? I came to you in weakness and fear and much trembling. And so this whole text is about encouragement and really I entitled this message when I shared it last week, God is our bridge over troubled waters. And I don't know if you're listening today and maybe you're going through a difficult time, maybe you're struggling, maybe You feel called to do something that's really, really difficult. Maybe you're just tired along the way. You want to quit. Uh, Maybe you're struggling because you feel like you're not making any headway. Are you looking for divine appointments? We asked that yesterday because God, if you're God's child, he is constantly bringing those kind of appointments into your life for your encouragement but he will bring divine affirmations into your life as well. Like this encouraging report from Timothy. And it wasn't just about the growth of the Thessalonian church. Remember what was Paul doing? I'm sure as Paul was making tents because he did not want to be lumped into the same category as Greek philosophers who would charge people to teach them wisdom. He was making tents so that he would not have to get money from the people. He still had to eat. He still had to survive. And so he was working as a tent maker. Timothy brought something else. Um, uh, if you read um, over, go, if you go to Second Corinthians chapter 11, um, verse 9, read what Paul says again. Paul is writing the Corinthian church here and Corinthians. Uh, and he makes a statement about when I was with you and in need and read what he wrote there.
1: When I And when I was with you and in need, I did not burden anyone for the brothers who came from Macedonia supplied my need. So I refrained and will refrain from burdening you burning, burdening you in any way.
2: Now, who were the brothers that came from Macedonia?
1: Silas and Timothy.
2: Yeah. Now, see, when you read that over in 2 Corinthians eleven nine, 9, you read it in the context over there. You don't even think about it in the context of Acts 18. But when you get the big picture of God not only bringing this encouraging report from Timothy about how the Thessalonian church was growing, and and now he's saying, now you're freed, Paul, to go preach the gospel every day. You don't have to do the tent making right now. Because money came from the Macedonians, uh, which is Philippi. They sent money to help Paul in the ministry. And that's something that a lot of times people struggle with today. And I understand why they struggle because you look around when you got people like Kenneth Copeland, and I'm going to call names here just because they're out there, who – Kenneth Copeland who – you know, it was worth like, you know, $750 million, um, who has been preaching and asking people to support the ministry, all that stuff. It makes people wary to invest in ministries. Mm -hmm. And so I get that. You got people that won't get up on the stage and preach a gospel message unless they're handed a check for 10 or $20,000, some of them, 50,000 dollars. And that makes people wary. But Paul teaches about, hey, if you are teaching the gospel and people are being blessed spiritually, they need to support you materially. But he says, I'm not going to put that burden on you. And and so what God does is he brings affirmation to Paul through this uh, support that comes from Macedonia, from the church at Philippi. And so uh, I thought that was very, that's a great affirmation. And now there's also an affirmation from God's word because what happens so often as Christians, we feel like when we preach the gospel and people don't respond, we get discouraged. But we shouldn't be discouraged if we're being obedient. And that's what Paul says. It says they reviled him in verse 6. I think it's verse 6, right?
1: Yep, um, and when they opposed and reviled
2: <clears throat> him. Yeah, they reviled him. That means they taunted him. It says he shook out his garments. Now, why would he do that? Well, because I, back in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus sent the disciples out. He says, if anyone doesn't receive you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet. That's what Paul was doing there when you leave that house. He says, truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Well, Paul's shaking his dust off saying, I'm innocent. And he makes a statement, I'm innocent. Where does that come from? Ezekiel chapter 3. Because in Ezekiel 3, God told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, I made you a watchman. You go preach. If they don't listen, that's on them. If you don't preach, their blood's on your hands. And that's why he says, I'm innocent. From now on, I'm going to go to the Gentiles. Why is that affirming? Well, because God does not hold us responsible for what people do. He just holds us responsible for being his witnesses and messengers. And, uh, you never go know how God is going to affirm you. I remember one time I was over in Russia and I was teaching down on the Black Sea area of Russia at a place called the BLTC. It was a training center down there for Russian students and missionaries. And I'd been asked to go down there. And so I was down there, and I remember feeling a little frustrated, wondering if I'm making any kind of difference in what I'm doing over there because it was hard. And I remember this young guy came up to me. He was probably 19, 20 years old, and he said, Mr. Doug, Mr. Doug in his broken English, he says, do you remember me? And I go, no, I'm sorry, I don't. He goes, I am from Kirov. I am the first missionary from the church you planted in Kirov. And they sent me here to be trained, but I'm the first one sent out by that church. And I thought, how cool is that? That he knew, even though I did, I I don't remember ever meeting him, but he knew that we had helped start that church there. And he just wanted me to be encouraged Hmm. And I really feel like that was an encouragement from the Lord that fruit is being born. And that's what he was doing with Paul here. He was giving him divine affirmation. Uh, so anyway, I, uh, I, I'm very, uh, very grateful for that church in care I continue to pray for them. The pastors were Vasily and Sasha, two guys that just were hard workers and I pray God would continue to bless them. But, you know, Paul is encouraged through not only divine appointments, but also these divine affirmations, and uh, I just, uh, <clears throat> I pray that if you're out there and you're struggling, that you will look like Paul. You will be looking for those divine appointments and for those divine affirmations, and I think we got a call, Taylor. Right? Uh,
1: yeah, we have a call from St. Augustine. How are you doing today? Hello? 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 Who, who, who's on the line?
3: Yeah, I'm enjoying your program. Oh, thank you. I'm uh, I'm looking through uh, a commentary from Hebrews, mm-hmm. and you 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 come in and tell uh, Paul had uh, joined with Claudius it looks at, uh, with um to to with Jewish Christians that Aquila came from and the, Priscilla uh, from Claudius, and uh-huh. yeah. And uh, a comment, and I'm looking at the New Geneva Study Bible thing, Uh, talking about the uh, Hebrews, we conclude the recipients were Jewish Christians of the dispersion with the uh, the scattering of Jews outside, uh, probably in Italy. And then it goes further down and says, uh, in that case, the suffering mentioned in Hebrews 10.32-34 could have been caused by the Edict of Claudius, which expelled Jews from Rome in 1849. So this is what, you know, Paul is having fellowship with people that went under that persecution. And when I go to Hebrews 32 and 34, it says, Hebrew writer writes, but recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, you endured a great struggle with sufferings, partly while you were made a a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated for you had compassion on me and my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods, knowing that you have a better and enduring possession for yourselves in heaven. So I just want to kind of uh, add that information to the discussion. Okay.
2: Well, we, you know, uh, there's a extra biblical writing, uh, a history book by a guy named Suetonius, S-U-E-T-O-N-I-U-S. And he wrote, that um claudius expelled the jews due to a conflict surrounding someone named crestus c-h-r-e-s-t-u-s but the majority of all the bible scholars believe that crestus is really a reference to christ Mm. so it was some kind of conflict between messianic jews uh, who believed in jesus and jews who didn't believe in jesus they were creating a conflict so he just got rid of them all Uh said leave But indirectly, what he did was send two faithful partners to Paul that would ultimately be the leaders of the church at Ephesus, which was uh, Priscilla and Aquila. So anyway, thanks for calling, Charles. You're Uh, welcome.
1: All right. We will be back with more after the break. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
3: Son of God hanging on was my destiny.
1: That is David Crowder with Crowder Red Letters. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through eleven this week. Today we are focusing in on verses 5. And six. If you have any questions, would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1 SWAT. That's 1 Or you can email us at ask at That's ask ask at
2: Um, You know, Charles had just asked about Claudius, and I, the, the only reason I, I, I mentioned uh, what happened with Claudius is uh, I'm glad he called is because God is in control of the rulers. I mean, he was the ruler of Rome, Mm. right? But as powerful as Rome is, as powerful as he was as the leader of Rome, he's still uh, underneath the authority of God. And God can move at will and change at will anything he needs to change. And even though he thought he was expelling them, doing something he wanted to do getting rid of a headache what god was doing is really moving priscilla and aquila to uh corinth and so sometimes we forget how sovereign god is in those aspects how he moves people and and sometimes he will use pretty evil people or pretty secular people to do things and uh we can we can be uh pretty alarmed at what we're being told is going to happen or whatever. And I'm sure they were when they were being forced out. They probably thought, well, you know, what's going to happen to our ministry here in Rome? Because I believe they were believers in Rome at that point, but he's sovereign. He's sovereign over it all. And and we'll see that, uh, uh, tomorrow. We'll talk about that, his authority, but, um, hopefully, um, Hopefully, you got the main gist of today, which is that God encouraged Paul through these divine affirmations of Timothy's report and support, but also the the affirmation of God's word. We sometimes dismiss God's affirming word in our life about how God affirms what's important. I bring your attention to Second uh, Corinthians chapter four a great passage on discouragement because three times uh, in there in that text, it says, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. And who is he writing that to, to the Corinthians? Uh, Apparently it was kind of tough. And he says, listen, these light and momentary afflictions at the end of the chapter are far outweighed by what's on the other side. And when he calls something light, When Paul says something is light, uh, this is a man who was beaten five times, stoned, beaten with rods three times. He was beaten with a whip five times, 39 lashes. He was stoned. He was uh, day in the night in the ocean. Uh, He he had a tough life. I, I don't think anybody listening had a tougher life physically than Paul. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't know that anybody, you can say, yeah, but you don't understand my deal. To be beaten with 39 lashes strapped to a pole, that would have been pretty brutal one time. To have it done five times and then to be beaten with rods by a mob. I just think of how mobs in Africa or some other countries that I've seen mob rule. Did I ever tell you about that time I saw a, a shoplifter in Kenya getting Mm -hmm. caught, and they just beat beat that young man unmercifully. And uh, I'm sure that was what it was like when he was beaten with rods. And he was stoned, left to die. Uh, So whatever your struggle is, I don't believe that it would rise to the level that Paul endured when he wrote, these are light and momentary afflictions. And he says we have to focus on the eternal, not the temporary. You know, the the eternity is about what's on the inside, not the outside, uh, that not the material stuff. And so, um, uh, I don't. I, I think about the uh, the affirmation that Paul and Timothy brought to him, and then just the encouragement he got out of the Word because he's quoting from Ezekiel when these men were remember, I'm sure Paul was a gun shy, not gun shy, but I'm sure there were triggers for him. Every time he went into a synagogue and uh, he spoke and people responded and they didn't like it. He could see the agitation. If you've ever been in a group of people and you see them getting agitated, you can tell. <laughs> and, these people, it says, they taunted him and they reviled him. And that same word is used about Jesus. So who is he like here? He's like his master. And he says, hey, the blood's on your hands. I'm innocent. I'm going to the Gentiles.
1: Was, did he mean that just for the Corinthians, or was that a, something he was thinking, like, I'm going to change this from the rest of my ministry? No, no, no. no. I,
2: I Every place he went, and you're going to see this later too, He will go to the synagogues still. He continues to go to the synagogues because the believers, uh, the people who were in the synagogues have a a grasp or have been taught as little children the Torah Mm -hmm. and the writings of the Old Testament. So they're going to be the best witnesses for an area because they already should be exposed to that pagans don't have an understanding of the old testament they haven't been taught that Uh, even timothy because he had a jewish mom what did paul say since you were a child your mother and your grandmother taught you the scriptures why because they were jewish Mm -hmm. and so um the jewish people would have the understanding of the torah that would help them understand messiah You know, if you go on the streets here in America and you say, hey, Jesus is the Messiah, most people don't know what that means. I mean, they have a general understanding about Messiah, but for the Jew, they understood who Messiah was, or at least who he should have been. But in their mind, what they did is they made the Messiah what they thought he should look like. They knew what the Scripture said, but in their mind, the Messiah was like a King David who was going to reign physically over the earth in that moment that he wasn't going to be a suffering Messiah. He was going to be a military leader. And that's why James is going, Hey, can I be by your right side? He goes, can you drink from my cup? You're going to drink from my cup. And did James drink from his cup. You bet. He was beheaded. Mm-hmm. Um, I always wondered about John cause John was in that deal too. <laughs> course you know john didn't have a i mean john ended up i think he you know tradition says he was boiled in oil yeah and i don't think that would have been a lot of fun mm. i mean uh you know the kind of torture and the things they did to m- people when they martyred them back then i mean some of the things the romans did was really really uh hard to watch yeah. i mean if, if we really could go back and video what they did it would turn our stomachs i mean mm-hmm. it would be appalling
1: it'd be like you know something you see from the middle east you know like it, it, some of those ISIS videos oh
2: yeah and, it would be really bad um and and god's people endured and we still today two thousand years later are teaching his word talking about his word and the amazing thing about that is so many people have tried to destroy his word they've tried to dissuade people from teaching his word and um paul what we're going to see tomorrow is paul says listen okay i'm going to go to the gentiles and god is already working in the heart of a guy we're going to meet tomorrow uh, titus justice and a guy named crispus that are there when he is teaching in the synagogue and so there is fruit that is born out of that time in the synagogue because Crispus is a synagogue leader. Titus is a worshiper of God, which meant he would have been going to the synagogue. And we're going to see fruit come out of that tomorrow in Corinth. And it's an interesting kind of fruit because now a Titus' justice is going to be one of Paul's converts, and his house is right next door to the synagogue. And so, what God is doing is He's bringing an alternative to synagogue worship. Now we have church worship there, and that that'll be something that we're going to talk about on air tomorrow, as we look at uh, divine alternatives. And again, just to go over uh, divine alternatives, that's when that, that's encouragement specifically for Paul that. God still is going to produce fruit in spite of rejection of the Jews there. For you and me, that application tomorrow we'll get into is God brings us to this place and we get frustrated because we don't see the fruit that we think ought to be there or we don't see the response that we think ought to be there. And God says, I'm not trying to get that kind of response. I want you over here dealing with this. And so he just takes us through a certain path. But as men, a lot of times, we want to see a lot further down the road than God wants us to instead of just realizing he's building, he's building. I, I really struggle with that, and I'll share some of that tomorrow, that um, I kept thinking, okay, this is where I'm going, this is where I'm going, this is where I'm going, and he goes, no, I'm just using this to get you to this point, now we're going to go over here. So um, I hope you'll join us tomorrow, and I hope you were encouraged today by – the way God encouraged Paul through these divine appointments and these divine affirmations. And, uh,
1: you spoke about it yesterday. Brad has his grandson. Oh yeah. You got any update?
2: Yeah, I did. I just got an update from Brad actually. Uh, he just sent it to me and, um, uh, uh, I'd like to update you guys that, uh, Graham, uh, is in surgery now. Mm. They just closed, uh, his VSD and, they were able to do so with his own tissue. The doctor right now is working on the arterial switch. And this is going to be the lengthy part. So continue for, to pray for Graham Sykes, mm-hmm. um, Brad's uh, grandson. Pray for Ben and Rachel, the mom and dad. And uh, thank you guys for uh, lifting them up in prayer. And uh, tomorrow we'll be back talking about divine alternatives, staying in Acts 18. Thanks for listening to SWAT Radio.
1: All right. Have a good day. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow.